Greetings, friends. It is I, Igor, the master's loyal servant. The master wishes me to tell you that when he is conducting his experiments, stitching corpses together and giving them unholy life, he listens to the Sean Geek podcast, which downloads directly from seanmcginnity.ca. Igor, don't forget to tell him to download it from seanmcginnity.ca. The master wishes me to remind you that he downloads the Sean Geek podcast from seanmcginnity.ca, and so should you. It lives! It lives! Welcome everybody to the Sean Geek Podcast with your hosts Sean Arama and Fast Red Fingers. And today, this week, we have special guest Jarrett Tarowski. Did I, did I pronounce that right? Better than most of my family. <laughs> nice, awesome. <laughs> uh, and uh, Jarrett, you this is your second time on the show. Who are you, and what do you do? Uh, I own a comic book store in downtown Winnipeg, um, Manitoba, Canada. North America, the world, and I—I uh, I don't know. Just try to keep going, reading comics, keeping my kid busy during these troubled times. Not to mark the podcast too much. Um, that's kind of about it, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Been, I think the last time we talked was that just after you had opened in the during the pandemic. Uh, I think it was when I was open, but I don't know if I had regular shipments of product yet. Ah, yes. Yes. No, that's right. Because I think everything was shut down. So you couldn't get your, you couldn't get your supplies. Yeah. Like I couldn't get my Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, Wolverine comics. Um, I was able to be open, um, but I didn't have new product. So, I mean, I still have stuff in the store to sell. So I wasn't like too bad off because I my expenses weren't big because I didn't have the new product, which at the time was okay because nobody else had new product. Um, like currently, as an example in Winnipeg, if we have to have been shut down for two weeks instead of like just limited to amount of people in the store, if I had new product shipments for two weeks but can sell it that would be bad previous time i had no new shipments so my expenses were less so you know i kind of made it out pretty good um but it would have been really bad if we had to be shut down now and still had stuff shipped to us yes yep so you'd have to be there for the delivery but you couldn't actually be open yeah again yeah if we had to have been shut down which we're not um, I have to be limited to, I think, five customers in the store right now yeah. at any one time. But if I had to have been shut down again uh, and still gotten shipments for two weeks, so like say I had in two weeks $8,000 worth of product that I can sell, 
it's kind of hard to recoup that money to be able to pay the bills. But, um, you know, thankfully we're not, but if it had happened, you know, we're one city or possibly one of the few cities that would have to have done it. So, you know, the comic industry wouldn't have shut down just like for Winnipeg, but it would not have been easy for people who rely on like new product every week instead of like just old or uh, antique or vintage stuff. Right. Now, do you have a presence online um, for, for your customers if, if that did ever come to pass again? So that they can come to you in a different format to, uh, to order their stuff? Well, um, and again, this is just like, you know, possibility or worst case scenario. Um, if I had to be closed completely for two weeks, I couldn't have done anything. But uh, the first time it happened, I could still at least do curbside. So right. I might not have a lot of the like additional sort of like walk-in sales or, hey, while I'm in your store, I, I see this thing, I'll buy this. If I could at least do curbside, I could still sell the new stuff, which would, you know, keep me going for for a while, until right. I could be open again to to the public. Thank God for. But so again, thankfully, yeah, um, yeah, like I mean, restaurants and bars and theaters and stuff have it much much worse off than I do. Oh yeah. So I'm not complaining mm-hmm. at all. But, you know, that Friday morning when I was waiting for the announcement, I was pretty worried and on a personal level and like how I feed my own kid, I, I feel pretty lucky. Yeah. 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 We're in the same, we're in the same boat too with the Todd and I were, you know, we're the lucky ones. Um, uh, we get to, I get to work from home. So that hasn't changed. I still have a job, which is good. That hasn't changed. Um, I keep asking if I'm going to get let go and I keep saying no. So, but we're, we're, we're good. So I'm glad you're good. I was, I was worrying about the story about your store, making sure, I don't know, I want to make sure it was doing okay. But I mean, you get, you get some pretty solid regulars that, that go weekly. I'm not one of the weekly guys. I, I like building a nest egg and then, you know, sitting down for like three or four hours just reading everything that's that's me i'm not the weekly guy but you got a lot you're of building it <laughs> so you're building a nest egg and i'm not quite sure if that's the best retirement plan <laughs> but... the wrong kind of nest egg yeah <laughs> oh man no I, I i do have a lot of people who again and under normal circumstances do come in once a week, they have the day, they have their time or their lunch hour, or some people are every two weeks, some people are every month. But I mean, the regulars are regular. Uh, regular does mean different things to different people. They do have, you know, a routine, and, but sometimes their routine is being downtown and they just haven't been downtown like for the last six months, kind of losing track of time now, but um, yeah. So yeah, so there are those people and some of those people come in and just buy the stuff that they were, you know, like marked down for. And But some of them walk around and have a budget. They always want to spend, say, $20 a week. And some of them just kind of see, oh, hey, I didn't see this last time I was here. And that's obviously the sales that um, any store like they do curbs in, unless we took a picture of everything in the store. 
it's it's been good. I really have not much to complain about. Yeah. Was that you, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just came from below. I just it wasn't meant to come up that far. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, it's that good. bubbly stuff that I drink. I mean, it's, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it makes well, it. I got yeah. something bubbly here, too. I don't know. <laughs> I've been, I've, Mine, mine's uh, flat. Oh, well, yeah, mine's, well, it's flat, but it's. That's straight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, the one thing that. Well, yes, straight. Yeah. But, <laughs> but flat. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask about, I think you and I kind of chatted, I think, about about it a little bit on messenger was uh that whole dc big swift change that happened with distribution <laughs> kills um well i don't know how it's impacted dc sales overall i can say that for me um like the numbers have not changed because whether you wanted to buy Batman from Diamond, which was the main distributor at the time, or from Lunar or UCS, if you were going to in a comic book store or have an account or pull list or whatever you want to call it, and buy Batman, you want to buy Batman. As a consumer, uh, and not a bad thing, but as a consumer, you probably didn't really care where it came from. You just wanted to buy your Batman sure, comic. Yeah. So I think the overall sales probably haven't hurt too much. Um, but as a retailer, especially retailer in Canada, uh, the shipping has not been great. Like Diamond has deals and not just in Canada and different provinces, but they would ship everything to one spot in Winnipeg. And I don't, except for maybe Brandon and possibly Selkirk, uh, most of the stores are in Winnipeg and Manitoba. So they would ship them to one warehouse and then they would ship them to us. So the shipping cost is less. So roughly say for every hundred dollars of a DC shipment, I pay an extra $15 to get it to me from, uh, from Lunar. And I don't know what UCS uh, cost would be. I'm assuming it would be similar. Now from Diamond, because they ship everything, Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Image, statues uh, to one place, See, for every hundred dollars, my shipping cost is three to five extra dollars. Wow, so that's significant it, it, it is. So, like, the amount that you would pay um, for a comic obviously, the shipping is included. So, DC comics now cost more again, at least to uh, stores in Canada. I can't say the same for the states because the shipping in the states like from the state to the states is cheap or cheaper. Yeah, I would think so, yeah. But, um, again, I carried Batman comics before. I still need to carry them now. Um, I have not changed what I uh, charge for them. Uh, maybe one day I might have to. Yeah. That... Maybe one day they would use a, a local distribution point instead of an individual 
uh, store shipping and it would be cheaper. So, so, so yeah, so the numbers of the DC comics, I don't think has changed, but the impact of what they've done is different. Right. Yeah. I've, I've got an industry question. Uh, just like on the outside of that, when they have companies that say buy other companies, so now all of a sudden, say uh, Kramer is now owned by Fender or whatever, or you know, different companies buy with other companies. Now, do you have, do you know if the original company, say uh, something came from Marvel and was bought out by somebody else and then they had it out, the, the vintage stuff that was original before any, any of these buyouts happened, are they worth more now? than they were like are, are they a collector's item now would they be if that makes any sense you mean like because dc is now being distributed by somebody else no but say, well maybe this hasn't maybe this hasn't happened in the comic industry i'm, I'm not too sure but okay so you, you, I mean, you have marvel you get dc and you've got all these different companies has there ever been a company that says okay well this character used to belong with this group and now a company's come along and bought it out, kind of like what uh, Disney did with, uh, with Lucas Films and stuff. Like, is, is the item well, worth more before things were bought out, or is it worth more in its original uh, ownership? Like when it came out original? I, or, I, I would say, as far as comic books are concerned, is probably the fact that maybe not the originals are worth more, but when a company buys something uh, in comics, like say Marvel buying Malibu, um, the licensing in the, like the IP is now worth more because a larger company owns it. It's not like, like Men in Black, as an example, was a Malibu comic. And it is what the movies were based on. Right. Marvel bought Malibu. So when the first Men in Black movie came out, it was technically a Marvel movie, even though it was not a Marvel original product. Um, Marvel did make a few Men in Black comic books after they bought the, the IP, or basically the company. Um, but... The like the, the the Malibu comics are worth a little bit more. So the original comic because... before it was bought out is now worth more just because it's more of a collector's item because it's once you're bought out, I mean the company as you knew it back then no longer exists. So whatever you have is is you know in short supply. Well, I mean in the comic book, um, everything is pretty much in short supply. Um, I would say maybe in the last ten even. Five years, this was uncommon to have a comic book go to, like, say, a second print. Now, like, I think I got in a fifth print of a Venom comic book this week. So that's normal. Although a Venom is a Marvel uh, license, which is a Marvel comic. So they did it themselves. Um, It's not like, say, that if uh, Fender guitars and I'm making up these 
years completely off the top of my head, say from 1965 to 1985, was a Fender. And then they were bought by Gibson. Uh, a Fender Gibson wouldn't technically be worth as much because it's a different company. The comic books don't kind of go that way because you keep, like every issue is a different story and has different characters and it just keeps going and going and going. Whereas you can't, I, I know you can't recreate an original guitar, but it's still a line of a guitar or of a line of a car. So I would say that just because that a comic book or a company was bought by somebody, it doesn't make the older stuff more expensive. These days, it is much, much more um, important as to if the IP is made into a movie, into a TV show, uh, more of a movie than a TV show, and has more about the first appearance and where the first appearance is, not necessarily which company made it. If that makes sense, actually, that's that's a good answer. <laughs> I was I was gonna oh, say good. I was well, no, I was gonna say like with um with the Marvel with the Marvel movies doing so well, I think that the original appearances of many of the characters is probably worth a lot more money. Uh, you know, like a first appearance Captain America or first appearance Iron Man, especially especially Iron Man, I guess. But uh, with with the slate of Marvel movies coming up now, like Shang Chi. Ms. Marvel yep. and those like I, I think those original printings of those books are gonna like go through the roof. Because well, Shang Chi well, is, is not was not like a, a a big run in the day. I don't think it was a top five comic or a top ten comic in the day. So they probably printed less and there's probably less copies around of Master of Kung Fu with Shang Chi. So I think that when that movie comes out, I think the price on that should be pretty interesting. Like on a number one master of Kung Fu or something. Does that make sense? Is, is that, you think that's how that works? That's just my assumption. I guess I should have, I guess a better analogy would be like, do, do you sell figurines? You, you sell figurines in the store, right? Uh, some, like, yes. Um, like say, uh, say do... like, like say Spider-Man for, for an example. Okay. <laughs> So how many different Spider-Mans are there? There's there's the amazing Spider-Man. There's the, you know, you know what oh. I mean, right? There's a whole bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, so, figures or, or, or titles? Uh, well, the f I guess the figures would, I don't know, would the figures always, always be the same? Uh, well, they would try not to be. Um, I mean, you have like a classic Spider-Man costume. But even the classic costume could be like reinterpreted by a lot of different artists. So if you want to keep selling Spider-Man, uh, if you were going to, say, buy a Spider-Man action figure for somebody's birthday party or Christmas gift, um, you just want a Spider-Man that looks like Spider-Man. If one of, say, the three of us wanted to buy Spider-Man, we would probably not buy a second one that looks exactly the same. So there's, you know, like different armored versions. You can do um, uh, like the PS4 Spider-Man version, uh, Spider-Man War, um, 
and obviously I'm sure when the Miles Morales, okay, I don't know about the PS5, it might have come out already, but there's going to be a ton of different action figures and merchandise based on the PS5 Miles Morales game. Yeah. Um, and even you want the, say, the McFarlane version of the Spider-Man figure or the Ditko or the uh, Eric Larson so, yeah, it's, so those, all these people have a license to, to, to make this, correct? Uh, no. Marvel would have the base license because Marvel owns Spider-Man. So if anybody does a version of Spider-Man in a, an amazing Spider-Man or whatever spectacular uh, comic book, Marvel owns the version of that likeness of that Spider-Man. Just like, say... Um, Disney can't copyright Peter Pan, but they can copyright their version of Peter Pan. So, again, most people, a lot of the people coming to my store who might want to buy a gift for somebody wants an action figure Spider-Man who looks like Spider-Man, who looks like the Spider-Man from the movie or the cartoon. They don't want, like, the weird-looking Spider-Man. Okay. I think we lost Todd. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking I'm of sorry, okay, say, okay, say the 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 action figures. Okay, we'll we'll yes. take we'll take an action yes. figure. Okay, yes. back when they first came out, they're pretty much a solid. You know the, those little army men where it was all molded in plastic and one piece. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Say you had that version. Okay. Yes. Then another version comes out, and that version has now their legs can move at the hips and their shoulders move and that's it. Sure. And then the next version, now the articulate articulating wrists, and then they have the articulating ankles. And as things kind of go up, as things progress, the original ones, are they worth more being the original ones than the newer ones that have way more options? It's almost like a sports car. You, you can buy a car today or you can well, buy a sports car that didn't have you know, all the bells and whistles and the heated seats and the, and the monitors and all this other stuff, but they're worth more money than the ones nowadays. Do, do they do the same things with the figurines? Do they have well, saying, you know, this is a vintage one, this, you know. Well, I mean, like, yes and no, like, like your analogy of the sport card, like they're like the most expensive sport card of most athletes are the rookie cards. Now, when a rookie card originally came out, the rookie card came out in like the wax packs, you know, roughly the same amount of any other person. So your chance of getting that person's rookie card was the same, but because this is first appearance, like a first appearance in a comic book or the first, like you were saying about like the, like, like the, the non-moving like action figures or the, or the wax figures, um, they're older. So the older, the better. But these days, a rookie card is a separate subset. And sometimes in a whole box of hockey cards, you get like two rookie cards. So that's like an artificial scarcity. So... A rookie card now of somebody might even be worth more than a rookie card from, like, say, 60 years ago, but it's not kind of the same. Um, 
like an old like a Spider-Man Mego figure. Which I was, is I like was a, hoping you're gonna bring up, bring up the Migos. Yeah. <laughs> so like Todd, j- like j- those just to explain to Todd really quick. That's the action figures I had when I was growing up, when I was like under ten years old. Remember they had the the fabric clothing over top. Okay. And those yeah. are the Mego figures. But anyway, go on, Jared. Yeah, Mego figures like a Barbie figure with more articulation and uh, a super suit. Yeah. So, like, that would be worth a lot, you know, like, mint and package and everything, um, because it's an older figure. But there are figures now that might even cost more to buy initially that is worth more than the old figure. Yeah. Just because that they're limited, you know, like, they make 100,000 of these, or they make 1,000 of these, or even less sometimes. And then the shipping and duty is terrible, but... And I think what you said before um, too is they they make them scarce. They'll have chase figures. They'll have a whole like a wave of figures, and they make there's I don't know eight different figures, but one of them is really really rare. They've limited how many they made of the one particular figure in that set to create an artificial inflation for it because it's more rare because they purposely made it more rare. Is that I think they, is that right? They used to do that a lot more than they do that now. Now they just expect you to pay more for something that you want. Um, Like say 20 years ago when I think it was Toy Biz that were doing the Marvel Legends figures, um, you would get a case of like say 14 and you'd have like an Ant-Man but every one of four cases, the Ant-Man would be like a giant man or even like oh, yeah. not yeah. a character associated. So like that was like an artificial scarcity of a figure. Um, that happens less now, but at the time, you didn't have like say Maddie collectibles or Target exclusives or Walmart exclusives. You didn't even like really have online shopping. You didn't have the internet. Uh, as big of a thing it is now. So if they wanted to make the things exclusive, you have to be one of the hundred people who were awake at, I don't know, two in the morning to be able to get the one figure that you want. So they do make scarce figures, but they are definitely distributed in a different way than they used to be. Yeah, I remember like and that's not even that's not even that long ago like when the Marvel Legends started which was okay, maybe I'm dating myself. <laughs> when when did the Marvel Legends start? Wasn't that like oh, I guess maybe what 20 years ago, maybe something like that. Uh cuz I was buying full sets from you like the Wave 1 through I don't know, 6 or something. I think I bought all of them from you as a set when they only had like four figures in a set or whatever that was yeah that's when they were and again i want to say toy biz and i i kind of hope i'm right with the name but when the when they first came out they kind of had those uh like first generation mcfarland figures they were like the plastic packages yeah not like the cardboard that you have now so those ones had some of those like rare figures like a one in every four box or whatever and also being in canada we also we didn't get them a lot like i would order say three or four cases and i would get one 
So it was even regional at that point, which made them even harder to get, like, say, in Canada. But I'm still trying to fill holes from, like, the first, you know, within the first 10 waves, you know, because it was just so, some of the stuff was just so rare. Like that giant man figure you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, it, it's, yeah, it is. Wow, I didn't. Like, this is actually a really good perspective. Like I would, I didn't realize it how how it had shifted because I'm not collecting figures as much as I used to, but I I can kind of find something if I want it. Well, if you had enough money, and like an internet connection, you can find it wherever you want to. True. Yeah. Whether you can like you know or pay for it or not <laughs> is another thing, yeah. but. Well, I remember there was uh, in town. I, I used to I used to gripe about this all the time. Like, there was certain dealers in town that knew when every store would be getting their shipment of toys, and they'd be there right when it opened, and they'd be going in, and they would buy. They knew which figures were the chase figures or the rare figures, and they would go in and purposely just like buy it all, and then sell them in their store and mark them up like fifty percent or seventy five percent or whatever. They used to drive me nuts. It's like, you're not even a collector. You're just trying to make a quick buck. There were a lot of people who used to drive down to the States and go to a KB and buy stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah. bring it up here. But, I mean, at the time, they were buying stuff and bringing stuff up here that was not available in Canada, or at least not in Winnipeg. So they were doing it for a good so, reason. So well, we could actually get well, them here. Yeah, I mean, they were making money, which I don't, you know, I don't fault them for. Sure. But, um, yeah, especially if it's something that we can't get here. Uh, whereas when I uh, used to work at Toys R Us, I do know people who, no, it's sports related, but like the starting lineup figures, when they had mm, yeah. uh, goalies, the goalie figures were rare. The goalie so figures were rare. Some... Interesting. Yeah, so... Either some people would either take them off them back and have them to people who asked. And even for a while, we actually had a limit on how many we could sell to people. Or some of the people who brought them up bent the corner. So it's like if you were going to buy this figure with a bent corner on the card and still bought it, it meant that you wanted it. If you said no thanks, then you were a flipper. Oh my god. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, it's, it, it happens. It still happens now. Like Hot Wheel treasure hunts. And... Oh, the Hot Wheel, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> our, uh, our brother-in-law who was on the show at one point uh, earlier, or I don't know, a few years ago. He's, he's a Hot Wheels guy and um, he has a dealer. <laughs> he's got a dealer in his phone and he meets him in parking lots to <laughs> and I'm like, this is like a drug habit. Like you're, you're trying to score some crack cocaine. No, no, no. I'm just scoring a, a 1962 Mustang or, or whatever. You know, it's like what? Well, I saw him at Superstore. He had to, he had his mask on. This was at the beginning. Yeah. And he was going through the Hot Wheels cart, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, geez, I wonder if he knows about this. And then he looked over and he said, hi. And I went, no, you're here. <laughs> I didn't even have to tell you, you're already here. His, uh, his buddy actually started building a, a diorama uh, for the cars. Like he was building uh, like a garage and a, and a, and a, 
in a parking lot and or a, sorry a parking garage and uh i don't know just various like town to put the cars in i'm like oh my god you're crazy does he have like a train set that goes around the city I, with the cars and he drives around i or? think he's incorporating the train set into the city too. okay <laughs> this guy's obsessed it's it's awesome and like i don't know i geek out over it but a lot of work yeah but if he's making a diorama he's taking the cars out of the package yes some yeah so, yeah some of the cars he'll take out yeah right so that's not a bad thing no it's cool like it's like some people just want to either buy the expensive thing to flip yep. or get it cheap to flip or like buy the expensive rare thing just to have oh, yeah. because they have it yeah so if you're taking out of the package, there's worse things you can do with a toy. Oh yeah, I don't know. I always feel Especially like a lot worse. Yeah, I always feel like I have to open it. Like it's kind of my duty. Is like I don't know. I I don't have anything in a package, or very few things in a package. But the ones I have in a package are ones that I'm just kind of saving for my girls, right? So, you know, I've been trying to collect as many female action figures as possible because, you know. Once upon a time, they didn't. Have, they didn't make a lot. Don't you have doubles, and some are in packages, and some are. I don't know. No? no. Okay. I have doubles for comic books, though. Okay. I got sucked into that in the nineties. You know, where oh, I'll buy four copies of this, with the thought of flipping stuff, and I've never flipped a comic once. I've never sold a comic book once. I've, I don't know. I just keep everything. Well, that's the whole point. I mean, you you weren't really, I don't think you were buying them as an investment because no. I don't think you'd retire on them. But I once uh, thought about selling some of my collection and my wife said, absolutely not. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on some of this stuff because I, 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 there's nobody I can talk to about this that's interested. <laughs> but <laughs> change your voice you're talking a deep voice like that um the what's been going on with uh with marvel with the marvel films and stuff is it's very interesting right now because there's no movies coming out there's a bunch made i don't know how many are made i guess what two movies are finished filming i think Black Widow was finished like ages ago. And I think the Eternals finished filming already as well. Or close. But what what do you think about... Well, I think... Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Um as far as what I think is the plan for the movies is that uh, I know they had planned like say um, Falcon Winter Soldier and a couple other movies uh, sorry uh, TV things for Disney Plus um, the WandaVision I believe is the only thing that might come out this year in Disney Plus yeah, I think and so. as far as the movies I think Black Widow was finished yeah, Black Widow was finished. Well, it, it and had. I it, think it, Eternals. Yeah, because Eternals was supposed to be a November release originally. I think. I think. Well, we're also supposed to have a James Bond movie by now too, but. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, but it's interesting that they seem to be putting a lot of focus on one division, and I'm I'm almost wondering because they did some reshoots there. I almost wonder if are they kind of putting a lot of bank on one division because they can because they can add it to the streaming service. I'm I'm almost wondering if Disney's kind of doing a bit of a push of look, we can't put movies out. Let's put a bit more stock in the TV series for right now because some of them are done. And we'll just use the TV shows to start building up momentum for when we can actually put a movie out in theaters. Do you think they, they actually added more to WandaVision or they're, they're, cha- they're pivoting their focus of it because of that? I think maybe like the, like the advertising for WandaVision has probably been maybe more than what normally would have happened. But I do think that this is the only show that they have actually like shot and done reshoots and were actually done. And it's probably the only show that they can actually put out this year. I would initially, I believe that the Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be this year. Yeah, it was. And yeah. maybe, and maybe, um, like the what if or the Doctor Strange oh, yeah, that's right. realms yeah. was supposed to be this year. But I think WandaVision is the only thing they actually have done yeah. that can be come out this year. Yeah. So they're probably hoping next year the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier will come out. Um, I think Black Widow was mostly done. And so had theaters be open, it might have come out this year. But like they say, like the Doctor Strange and Eternals, I maybe the principal shooting is done, but the like the reshoots and the mm. the overdubs and everything, they didn't have a chance to do. So they just even if they wanted to, they couldn't put them out. Yeah. Which is you know, the same as any other company right now. They just they don't have anything to put out. I think the only difference or was- the difference, though, is with the Marvel films, everything is so contingent upon each other. Like every movie into the next movie into the next movie that when they schedule things, that the, the timing of the release is, is really important. So if they finished one thing ahead of schedule and something else it, it fell behind, but it's supposed to immediately follow a particular movie, but all of a sudden the movie, like, if they're making two movies and the second movie's finished first, but it was supposed to come out second, I, I think they must be struggling kind of bit behind the scenes. Like, wh- what are we going to do? Because we had a vision for what our phase four of movies was going to be and, and how the TV shows were going to tie in. Because I think the TV shows are kind of just like kind of fill the gaps in between the movies. But I'm kind I'm almost feeling now that they're they're, they're kind of re. I honestly think that some of the reshoots were maybe to fix things because of the order of release has changed on some stuff. Well, I'm not quite sure if that's true because I mean, the reshoots usually have to do with like, say different ideas or a character becoming more popular, like through a screening than they maybe think they would be, or just to fix like continuity problems. Uh, I I'm assuming WandaVision, obviously their characters from like the Avengers, 
don't necessarily tie into a movie because I think it's going to be its own thing. Um, Shang-Chi kind of like the, you know, like maybe like the Iron Fist Netflix series is also kind of its own thing where, and like Black Widow is also, I believe supposed to take place before Black Widow spoilers dies. Um, so it is a movie that takes place before like Endgame. Yeah, so I don't think it. Too. Yeah, so I don't think it necessarily ties into a lot of things. Now, if there was going to be like say a Doctor Strange or Spider Man or Hulk or Thor, even uh, which might tie into the like the future of the MCU movies, I could see those maybe being delayed. Um, while Shang Chi might become part of another MCU movie, it's his first movie, so I don't think it's going to be tied into anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't think those projects will be affected too much by like the delay. But then again, any other movie is being delayed too. So if they are shooting in the order that they want to it shouldn't affect the release of anything. Yeah. Well, they had shifted every, every movie over. They just, every movie went into the next spot. So like Black Widow moved in. It was supposed to be Black Widow, then Eternals for release. And it still is just Black Widow took the Eternals spot. Eternals took the spot of the next Marvel movie and et cetera, et cetera. So as long as they keep shifting that way, but do you think they're actually going to, just wait for the theaters to open again because the theaters aren't doing well right now. Like they're, they just, in, in our province, they just shut them down again and they had, they had just opened and it took forever to get open before they were allowed to. And I think with Cineplex, I think they kind of delayed, even though they were given a date they could start, they still didn't start on that date. They still delayed it even further. So they've barely been open. Like I, the, the future of, theaters is kind of really worrying me right now I, mean, I don't even want to go like i've got no interest in going and so i'm like well are you going to risk your life to go to the theater and like i don't even know if i want to go to the theater now but i feel like i gotta support them um i i'm not a normal movie theater going person but yes i would definitely agree that they need their support um my worry about theaters in general is that since April, um, people have, or at least those people have making money or getting money through whatever means, are essentially stuck at home. And a lot of these people have now bought a bigger TV and a sound system and a home theater system and maybe uh like a 4k player and now that the ps5 is also a 4k player they have now set up on how they want to watch movies at home and i think there's going to be less people going unless it's like a big blockbuster like the james bond or whenever they do an avengers movie or a star trek or star wars movie that the people who would normally go see like even a fast and the furious movie will now just wait to stream it at home or buy the 4K and watch it at home because they now have a better home theater. It's going to look good at home. 
it's going to sound good at home. That's the thing. I, I think you're right with that with people. I'm going to, I'm going to admit like we actually created an Amazon prime account. I had no interest in doing that before, but it's like, Oh, I need something. And I kind of don't want to go out to the stores right now. I kind of don't, not that I'm uncomfortable because you know, the stores are doing well with, you know, making sure protocols are followed and stuff, but I still don't feel, I don't know. I just, I can go online. I can get it in two days or I can, I feel like if I have to go to the store, it's like a big setup to go. It's like, okay, you know, I, I don't want to be out for too long. I want to be back within a certain time limit and all this sort of stuff. It's just easier to shop online. And because I've been able to shop online for things I would normally go to the store for, now I'm like looking at other things like electronics and and stuff. Like I'm looking at more podcasting gear, you know, like I just like, oh, oh, that's on sale. Oh, so I, but I, I think people are going to start shifting away because it's just so easy to buy the electronics and they offer two day service on electronics online. So you don't even have to go to, you know, visions or whatever, which, which hurts those stores. Yeah. You know, they need those sales, but you know, some people, well, you know, I don't like going to the store because I'm going to get harassed by the salesperson and then they're going to tr try to get their commission and stuff. And it, it's well, kind of sad. But even if you bought it at like a Visions or Advance or Best Buy or Amazon or Walmart or wherever you bought it, I would not be surprised if this might be a record year for like sales of large screen TVs. Oh, yeah. Because people are... Electronics. Or, or, yeah. yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, not just All TVs. Yeah. Like TVs, um, PS4s, um, DSs. Uh, switches, whatever. The this is the year for home electronics. So if you have now spent a lot of money on what you have at home, that is less of an incentive for you to go to a theater. Now I don't. Even if things just go to say Disney Plus or Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. I still think you're going to get blockbusters and there will be some theaters that will still survive because of the blockbuster movies or the summer rom-coms or whatever. It, but it's not going to be the same. There's a lot of movies that would have, say, a year ago being a theatrical release, now will be a Netflix or Amazon or Hulu release. Now, and the people who make the movies might still be okay. There's going to be like a, a switchover period where like we made this movie with a theatrical budget and now we're making this movie with a Netflix budget, which is not to say that Netflix movies are bad. Like I loved Uncut Gems and also Hubie Halloween, but the amount of money that you can make through a streaming service is, I'm assuming, not the same as a theatrical release. Right. So the budgets, or at least the salaries of the actors, um, if that's the way it's going to go, it can't remain the same. Like, I would be surprised if we see another Avengers Endgame in the next five years. Oh, God, no. Yeah, no. I, I can't see that happening. 
they 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 need there are mo- they need guarantees of you know they know that an Avengers movie is going to make a billion dollars minimum. Yeah. Right. But they would yeah they would be reconsidering like okay well we might only make a billion dollars but we really you know we're, we're going to spend five hundred million on the movie or seven hundred million on the movie or whatever they're spending with you know advertising and budget and everything like. You know, it's it's more of a gamble. I I was almost thinking we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, Todd and I and some other people about how maybe this is the time for the indie movies to shine. You know, because if if people are going to be leery of putting a movie in theaters, and you know, you know those movies that make about fifty, sixty million in theaters, now Netflix is paying more money out for stuff for content. They want, they're paying, they're competing against Disney and, and everyone else. They want, they want the movie to be on Netflix. Netflix wants the movie to be on Netflix and not anywhere else. So they're actually starting to pay more for, for films. There's bigger budgets, there's bigger stars. So if that's happening, then an independent, and it's not being released in a theater, when the theater's open, maybe the indies have a, a, a more of a chance to get in the theaters because before it's like, well, we can't even get in because Avengers Endgame is taking eight of the ten theaters in, in my, you know, at my theater. I can't get my indie movie in there, or you know, so maybe it might open up for indie film to be a bit more popular in theaters. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. No, I, I... do you see a comeback? Oh, sorry. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, do you foresee a comeback? to the drive-in theater uh, just because of the way things are at the moment because movie theaters, everyone's sitting beside each other. It means uh, they have to social distance where they have to take out so many seats and there's only so many seats in the theater. When you're in a vehicle, you can be as many people in your family in the vehicle and you could load up, you know, a, a drive-in theater in no time. But the thing is, is they, they phase those out over the years but do you foresee seeing a comeback uh, in being able to see movies that way? Of driving theaters? Yes. In Winnipeg? I don't not know <laughs> if you can do that six months out of the year or not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I mean, last no, week... No, just the summer. Like, oh. last week you couldn't do it. This week would be great, which is, you know, what Winnipeg is. Um, yeah. And like when the movie theaters did reopen in Winnipeg, um, they were not showing new movies. Now, to be fair, except for maybe Tenet and I can't remember if Trolls World was before or after the shutdown, but there were not a lot of new movies to actually show. Now, I've never seen Jaws in the theater. Um, and that would kind of be interesting to me but if you don't have new movies to show in a movie theater I don't think the companies would make it to show in like like the drive-ins now there are certain movies I would love to see in the theater again I I have seen the Star Wars movies in the theater when they were released yeah yeah. uh, I think at the Met Downtown by oh, Ian. Oh, man, that would have been good. 
So now with technology, technology nowadays, I mean, it's not so much you'd have to have a projector with a big screen. I mean, I'm thinking more like, uh, you know, New York or whatever, where they've got, you know, these big screens up on the wall. I mean, I don't know how much those would cost. I'm sure over time, as time goes on and technology advances, these huge screens would be a lot more affordable, you know, in time. Uh, and also, would have to be waterproof, obviously. Well, there, yeah, there are some movie theaters that were just projecting on the side of like a, a sea container, and that was their screen. Yeah, you know, that happened in uh, quite a few places. But now they have high definition projectors that you know just need for home use. So I can't see why they wouldn't have anything I, uh, like that. Well, I don't think the amount of people you can get into a drive-in normally would equal what you could get into like say like a drive-in theater at most has maybe two screens um and like you were saying like say the avengers end game takes up eight out of ten screens in a movie theater yeah the the amount of people you can get in to see those eight screenings far surpasses the two drive-ins so while i think a drive-in could um make a comeback I don't know if it's feasible for like a new movie. If you wanted to do yeah. an old James Bond movie, sure. Jaws, Superman, E.T., Close Encounters. If you want to take your kids to a drive-in theater to a movie that you saw as a kid, then yes, I think it's a good idea. But obviously it would cost less to get that movie into movie or a drive-in than it would a new movie so like a big box store it's like the advent of i mean you had say the park theater was i would assume it used to be a theater at one point it was uh, showing movies and stuff yeah okay so now the big box which you would call like cineplex where they have you know five or six different um you know seating areas you know in, in the whole theater where you're playing five or six movies at the same time, that would be kind of your big box version of it. So once that comes in, the mom and pop, which would be kind of the smaller theaters, wouldn't really uh, exist. And and I can't see it going backwards in that format. Well, because uh, I mean everything just kind of advances and everything gets bigger, and they try I, to make it cheaper. I, and, and I was going to say during lockdown, though, or when or when theaters are only allowed to have like twenty five percent. Maybe the number at the drive-ins are probably actually might actually be higher than a theater at that point. Uh, to Jared's point earlier, like yeah, you can fit more people in the theater, except during COVID. So it. Well, yeah. I see in the car, you can put as many you know you put your whole family in there. It's not like you have to be. Yeah. You know. But yeah, during regular yeah, like so many. I think what Jared said earlier too, though, during regular circumstances, the theater, it's just more compact. You can get a lot more people crammed in right and i'm also not entirely sure at a drive-in if you can actually have a concession stand and that is a obviously a big money maker for a drive-in theater or even like a normal movie theater is selling the popcorn and the licorice and the pop and if you can't sell that it might not even be worthwhile for a lot of these theaters or drive-ins to even be open um so i guess it's more of a more of a nostalgia thing too. It's like when you go to remember A and W we used to pull up and then you break the window down, they put that little tray on your thing and they come out on roller skates. 
you know, just it's more of an experience, I guess, is, is than anything else, I guess. Well, I don't know if I remember the roller skates, but I do remember rolling the window down because <laughs> there was a and W Bipolar Park that would still yes. do that, which yeah. might have been the last yep. one in Winnipeg. Um, but I do remember that, and I do remember going to drive-in theaters. I couldn't tell you which movies I saw, but I do remember going and right. and liking it and having the concession stand and everything. But it all has to still work. Like even if you only showed old movies, you still need to be able to sell the popcorn. And yeah. unfortunately, right now here, I don't think that's something that you can do. Now I, I I don't have this confirmed or at all. Some insiders have told me, but they they make no money off the film. They make the, the margin is like next to nothing on the film. The studio makes all the money. It's, I've heard that as well. Yes. So the only way for them to make money is literally on the food. Like that is the only way they can make money. And I know people complain, oh well, why are they marking it up this much? It costs popcorn costs nothing. It's like if you want that theater to stay open, they have to sell food and they have to sell it at that price. And yes, it's, it's exorbitant, but if they didn't sell any food at all, they could, they couldn't afford to pay all their expenses. The movie doesn't pay enough. It's the draw to bring people in. But yeah, my understanding is that it's all in the food. So don't complain about the price of popcorn. Like if you want them to stay open just buy the popcorn. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And as far as I know, that is correct. The the theaters make, if anything, like very minimal on like ticket sales. They're there to sell the concessions, the drinks and the food and the snacks and everything else. Um, and now maybe after this year, it might change. But unless it's like... And, I know it's not a Toonie Tuesday anymore, but yeah, um, like a second-run theater or a cheap Tuesday run of a movie, um, it's the same price. Yeah, You pay the same price to watch no matter what movie you're in a movie theater. And as an example, and again, Avengers Endgame, if you see Avengers Endgame for how long it is, and how many stars are in this movie and how much of a spectacle it is to see on the screen, even if you pay, I don't know what a ticket is anymore, but so if, if you pay per person $30 for a ticket and popcorn and a drink to see Avengers Endgame, you're going, wow, I can't believe this is over so quickly. Yeah. And I recently saw like the new uh, Blumhouse Fantasy Island, which I really liked, by the way. It's on my list, but, but I haven't watched it yet. But but if I had paid thirty dollars to see <laughs> Avengers Endgame, or thirty dollars to see Fantasy Island, <laughs> yeah, Fantasy Island doesn't quite feel thirty dollars. But every film is the same, and I don't know if there's an actual way you can change that or if that's fair to the other movie theaters or even if you say hey this movie is worth ten dollars and this movie is worth five well which one do you want to see well i want to see the ten dollar one because the ten dollar one's worth more it's better yeah so 
that in itself is kind of broken. No, I didn't. I didn't see Fantasy Island in a movie theater, so I don't have that comparison necessarily. Yeah, but I liked it. That's that's interesting because the one thing that 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 popped up was that again, my the insiders that I've talked to, they said that you know if we get a Disney film in our theater, then they have to pay more to get that film. So that, like they rent the film or they rent mm. the the ability to actually show the movie but the the thing i think that they've been talking about is that there should be different price points if you get a universal film versus a bloom house film versus so some of them are more expensive and some of them are less expensive <clears throat> for the theater to rent to be able to show them with and the reason i'm bringing this up is because uh when trolls world tour it was it was uh, released on streaming I have two young girls so did I have an option to not rent it? No, I had no option. I had to rent the damn thing and we rented it and it was nineteen ninety nine, which in my head was like okay well if we saw it in a theater yeah, it's 20 bucks a head for the parents or 15 bucks whatever and then it's 10 bucks ahead for the kids. And then it's the, the, the meal package for the one daughter and the meal package for the other daughter. And then we're probably going to buy popcorn for ourselves. That's easily a hundred dollar bill right there to see yeah. one movie. But they charged 20 bucks and people were complaining it was so damned expensive. And I'm like, we're saving money by, by, by streaming it. And we can watch it as many times as we want in 48 hours. But Disney uh, charged fifty bucks for Mulan. Was this fifty in Canada? Fifty in Canada. Okay. So that's why I'm like, is this is this something that we're going to start seeing with the streaming services? Maybe, but with the theaters as well. It's like, if you really want to see the next Avengers six or Avengers five or whatever, um, then if you if your theater wants this, then we need to we're we're going to rent it to your theater for more money therefore the theater is going to have to charge 25 or 30 dollars for the movie instead of the the typical 15 to 20 because we're disney and all our movies make a billion dollars so i'm wondering if we're going to see a, like a, a a fractured pricing model in theaters cuz we're already seeing it on streaming now disney's like we're going to charge a gazillion dollars for everything we release to streaming but trolls is like we're going to charge twenty bucks because we want everybody to see it, and we'll make more money on volume than right. Well, like with Milan, like I, I would not spend fifty dollars to like stream it. I am perfectly fine spending thirty dollars to own the Blu-ray copy, which I can watch whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. And I will probably buy. Mm-hmm. And as far as like the price tiering, actually in a movie theater, um, the problem is, and depending on the city, and we're in Winnipeg, say a ticket, a top end ticket is twenty dollars. The thing is, is you can't make an Avengers six twenty five. It has to say twenty. 
And then somebody has to decide what's 15 and what's 13 and what's 10. And I don't know if it has to be based on, like, say, the budget of a movie. Um, I think they're also Blumhouse movies, but like Happy Death Day. Okay. I really like those two movies. I do not have to see those movies in the theater. And I didn't. But, and again, there's very, I personally don't go to movie theaters very often. Um, My son has not asked. If he does, we will go see it. I think Endgame might actually have been the last movie we saw in the theater. But I own every MCU movie on Blu-ray. Yeah. We can, we can pause. There are bloopers, which he always wants to see. Yeah. There are making ofs. There's the green screens. Even in the Fast and the Furious movies, he wants to see, how did this car do this? How many cars sure. did that? Yeah, yeah. He wants to see all of this, which, and I do realize it's starting to change now, where if you do uh, buy a digital copy or on streaming, you do get some of those extras. But, but not every lot of you never movies, get everything. No, and even if I do buy a Blu-ray, there's going to be a 4K later and a anniversary edition, and there's always going to be something added into another yeah. uh, version of a movie. But if I wanted to buy Mulan, I want to know like the backstory. I want to know like the choreography. I want to know the, the, the fight scenes, like the practice. And I want to see that. And if I want to see that, I'm still going to buy the disc. Mm-hmm. And I can't even see that. I mean, short of like, say some bloopers and cannibal run, you never see that in the theaters <laughs> yeah, and nobody, hopefully somebody listening knows what cannibal run I'm is. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I love cannibal run. <laughs> But you know that's interesting because so currently the price of a movie theater ticket is I think it's fifteen bucks, but then you get the three D version or the uh, the special sound version or or the IMAX version or whatever. So then it goes anywhere from fifteen to like thirty bucks to see a film, and then the Blu Ray when you buy it, it's generally about twenty seven ninety nine. So yeah. the movie theater ticket price is the same as the Blu-ray price. And when we buy a Blu-ray, we buy the one that comes with a digital copy. So, you know, buy the movie, get the digital copy, and you might get a DVD version as well, which we give to the kids. So, because they scratch everything. But if Mulan is 50 bucks, that's like almost more than double what the Blu-ray version is that has all the stuff. Yeah, like if you're gonna charge, I can't just. I, I don't see the justification there. I don't get it. No, I, I don't either. Because, like, say on Disney Plus, like first off, to stream Mulan, and Mulan is actually available on Blu-ray and 4K. But initially, if you wanted to see Mulan, you needed Disney Plus. Yeah. So and. Assuming it was fifty dollars to actually stream, you had to pay. Why well, pay the whole year? So I pay, I think ninety, eighty for a year, and you had to pay extra to, to watch Milan. 
which if you stop subscribing to Disney Plus, you can no longer watch Milan. So I would much rather, even I don't think I'd pay $50 for it, but I would much rather pay the 50 and own a physical copy of a movie, which I can watch anytime okay. I want to, yep. than have pay for the opportunity to watch something on something I already have to pay for. <laughs> it, it's kind of a wrecked, a messed up model that they came up with, but they, well, they made a it was also ton of the, money too, though. Like they actually, the, the, the amount of people that got it, like I think it grossed in its first week or something. I think it grossed like 400 million. But if you think about it, it's on their own streaming service, which they own. They're not paying a theater yes. to put it out. So some people, some industry pundits were saying, okay, well, <clears throat> if you're not paying a theater to show it, and you're showing on your own streaming platform, and you make 100% of the profits, you're literally, it's like you're making double. So, wow. so they made 400 million in one week. The equivalent double is, I guess, 800 million. Wow, that's pretty damn good. Well, this is the first, and I think only movie that Disney has actually done this with. Yes, um, that's correct. I, yeah. There is thought that uh, Soul, which is the newest Pixar, not oh, Disney, yeah, that's right. But Pixar might actually be a free to view if you have Disney Plus. Now, the problem with, um, say, Tenant coming out of the movie theaters because they're worried about making money and the James Bond, uh, No Time to Die, wanting to wait for the theatrical release, but maybe they can't wait. And then maybe Netflix will pay, I don't know, $400 million to get it. I, I, I don't know. But the problem with Mulan is it was one of, well, I guess the first Disney movie that was made as a theatrical movie that could not be in the theaters. Yeah. So it was the actors and the effects and everything was made as if it was going to be in the theater. And now it can't be. So it's in one of those gray areas where it can either wait to come on into a theater. And then technically it's uh, a loss until that happens. And who knows when that's going to be, or they try to make their money back. Even if they only try to break even, on digital so if you're making a movie now you wouldn't assume it was going to be in the theater i mean maybe you would hope it would be unless it was like a specific netflix or amazon prime or who i don't know if hulu has originals they probably do but it was one of those movies where it was just kind of caught in the middle where it was going to be in the theater, but now it can't. And it was actually so released I'm, in the theater, I think, for in, in certain places where it was still safe. So it, it had like a two-week run before they pulled it where, where everything was shutting down. So the timing of Mulan was like it was because it's always released earlier in the rest of the world, I think, before here. And... Um, a lot of the times, yeah. Yeah, like sometimes a couple of weeks before or whatever. So, I mean, it had somewhat of a, of a run, but it wouldn't have made its money back in two weeks. No. Sure, with what was going on. So, no, I'm not suggesting that $50 is the right price, <laughs> but it was one of the first movies that had to, I guess, have the majority of the viewing on streaming. 
and it was caught up in the well, we paid this much for this movie. To make it. How do we make it back? Yeah. And you know, people can say, well, it's Disney. You can like have one. I'm not going to say a flop because I haven't seen it yet, but just box office flop because there was no box office. Like, well, if we just give it away for free, which isn't technically true because you're still paying for Disney Plus, but you're playing for a whole bunch of different things, not just Milan. It it was in a hard position for them. So there's a lot of movies that have not come out yet because of that. There's some movies that have gone to streaming services there's some movies that are going to try to wait to see what happens. I, I again, I believe the James Bond movie is trying to wait for theaters to open, but I don't know how long you can wait. And right. you might have to lose money in a movie. And if you only make half of your money back on a $300 million movie, it's probably better than making none of your money back. So Kind of have to make a decision at some point. Yeah, we just—I just got a message from um, uh, one of the podcasters in town. He said one of the venues, and, and I, I don't want to name anything, I don't <laughs> spoil anything, but um, there, uh, that venue is saying they're not anticipating any regular shows until 2022. Wow. Ab- like, like absolutely, like normal show is what he's saying. I guess. Is probably what he's what he's meaning. So it's going to be limited capacity. It's going to have to go from red to orange to amber, I guess, and then <laughs> it's going to go up and down and up and down until you know until either there's a vaccine or until we get our heads out of our ass asses. And well, well. Uh, that doesn't surprise me too much, unfortunately. Um, but again, like, and I, I don't know the numbers or anything, but like, say the James Bond movie came out and 19 out of $20 of a ticket goes to the, like the production company. Mm-hmm. Then obviously probably not a good idea for theaters to be open. Like I don't know the, can be afford to be open at that point. No, and but again, you, eat, if you, and the people aren't going to eat the popcorn in the theater. Some people are going to be too paranoid. So even right. if they sell food, it's going to be limited, like extremely limited. But if you say, like, put Jaws out in the movie theater, and you charge ten, and the movie theaters get five, yeah, instead of the one dollars yeah. from the James Bond movie, maybe they can at least. You know, depending on the movie and how often they'd have to switch it up, maybe they can survive. Or for the movies that they have already done that they can't put in the theaters because they don't think they can make enough money. And if they're concerned about being able to have a movie in the theater in 2025, maybe try to keep them open this year and next year. So maybe it's not the big blockbuster movies, but maybe it's the rom-coms. Maybe it's the summer movies or whatever it is. They, if they're really concerned about keeping them open, they need to give them something. Yeah, Whether it's you. an old movie. I mean, I would love... 
New Hope. I would probably take my son to see New Hope in a the movie theater. Well, they released. He's the- seen the movie like five or six yeah, times. Yeah, but of course, not in the movie but, but not in the movie theater. They released um, during the pandemic, or when theaters like actually started opening. They did a re-release of Empire Strikes Back in uh, in a bunch of places. I don't think we did here, but it made a bunch of money. I mean, it didn't make two hundred million dollars or anything, but I think it made a you know probably a good solid fifty or sixty mil. Like that ain't that ain't bad, you know. No, I, I, I can do that with a few, you know, like maybe like The Matrix or like you said, like Jaws or Close Encounters, like you know those movies that people like are too young to have seen in theaters. Like I think that's good well, strategy there. You know what? Even if they put like over Halloween, if they put Scream in the movie theater, I think it would have done okay. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, or release Nightmare Halloween on the Street, or, or yeah, any of those. Yeah, uh, but something if, if if they wanted to have these places open for the big movies next year or in twenty twenty two, they need to make sure that they're still there. They don't need to make well, the production companies don't need to make a lot of money. They need to stay open. Yes, but the movie theaters need to still be there. Otherwise, they're just going to be a whole lot of empty spots. Which I'm surprised is already not more of in our city. The movie theaters or the the movie studios try to control the theaters like quite a bit. I think this, but they need the movie theaters. If the movie theaters go down, what they have nothing. Like I think the, no. the theaters that have you know all this bank. Well, they have Netflix. Yeah. They've got a, they've got other avenues that they can sell their movies, but they're not going to well, make the, the money on the Netflix as they would anywhere else. So that's that's the thing, especially on Netflix because it's just a subscription service. So you're not you're not going to pay fifty dollars to rent uh, James Bond on Netflix. Just Netflix doesn't work that way. So unless they change over too, I I assume the movies aren't being made as much which means that there's a lot of actors that are kind of out of work right now uh if they didn't save all the money millions of dollars that they've made over the years uh so i guess if they make when they make movies they may just have to offer them less money well i think maybe like the the movie stars um would be making less money and and again i on a comic book shop, so I don't have that much money. But to me, that doesn't seem like that bad of a thing. They probably still be okay, just because a lot of them who want to actually act, um, it's probably a bad way to put it, but would still do like lower movies because they think that the movie is a good thing to do. What I think it might happen is that once you get past, like, say, the first two or maybe three names, you might not know who, like, four through 15 is, which is not a bad right. thing. There's a lot of good actors out there who have not been in movies or TV shows. They need a chance. Now, the fact that... Mm, I like where you're going with need, this. The fact that these companies need to save money um, will probably hire lesser knowns to get the job done and it doesn't necessarily mean that the movie is going to be worse but I don't need to necessarily know who the seventh person on the call sheet is they could do a perfectly good job and hopefully that will also give more actors uh, 
jobs, like more of them actually working at once because they'll still need to get the movies and the TV shows out, but we're not necessarily seeing the same people over and over and over. Yeah, because it's like it's always the same 10 actors or 20 actors or, or probably even less than 20, I guess. It's always the same actors. Like, let's, you know, let's let, let some of the other talent shine. And I've noticed like on Netflix, some of the shows, the movies that my wife and I are watching, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. I, I, where's this actor from? But they're given a chance to shine. They're given a lead role. And you're like, oh, my God. And then you start going back through their catalog. And realizing this actor is great, they just never get a break because the ten same ten actors keep getting all the jobs. I, I think right. it. I think it's going to force the music, the, the music, the movie industry, <laughs> to to get their shit together and and figure stuff out because, you know, like they're. I think movies are too expensive the way they're made, and it's like where's where's all that money being spent but there's so many producers and this and that and they're spending so much money on instead of the actual people that do the work they're spending it elsewhere on i gotta you know i need to, to give 25 million to harrison ford or i gotta give you know 25 million to tom cruise or or, or whatever like let's put the money back into the people that actually make the film and actually, you might get a better movie. You might get a better actor who doesn't play the same role over and over and over, Tom Cruise, over and over again. Yeah, you might. And you might actually even see, um, well, because of like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and everyone, you might actually see more movies or at least get advertising for more movies because they still need to put out content. Like, Instead of having like a hundred million dollar movie, you have five twenty million dollar movies. Yeah. So, but that also gives more people a chance to work and be exposed and like be seen by people. And who knows? Like maybe, maybe that number five person becomes the number one person in a movie two years from now. Yeah. And you don't always need yeah. to see the same people over and over and over, which. It's not to say I don't want to see certain people over and over and over because I, I like certain actors, but sure. giving a chance to other people while, you know, like maybe that number five person is not only being paid half yeah. of what the number five person was a year ago. Yeah. But that new number five person is probably really happy to get that half of what that other person was getting, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, would you ever see these lists <laughs> of like, all of these top 10 movies that people wish they weren't in. Like you really don't think the person didn't want to be in that <laughs> leprechaun movie. They got paid to be in a movie. Yeah. I get paid right? to act. Like, oh my God. I work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leprechaun's a good one. Cause wasn't that Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, I'm sure she was happy to have that role at that time. Yeah. And that role probably gave her another role. Yeah. And it's like, and you're just assuming that she didn't want to be in there because, oh, it's a Leprechaun movie. It's like, I can probably show you a thousand people who would have t- taken that role. Well, yeah, I paid my rent. Damn it. I paid exactly. my rent. I get to pay three months' rent in one fell swoop. Anyway, I, you I, can I, use, <laughs> you could used to do that like an ad for TV at one point, but yeah. All right. Well, I th- we've gone pretty long here, but the, I don't know, having a good time. 
But uh, yeah. I, I know, I, I know. Well, I have to get to bed. Actually, I, I have to log into Elder Scrolls Online and uh, do my <laughs> daily tasks that, that I, I have to do every day. And if you miss a day, you have you have to wait till next month before you start again. So okay. do that before bed. And uh, yeah. But anyway, Jared, cool. thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, please thanks. come on again. Be good. Yeah. Be great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Next time, maybe we'll talk about comics. Yeah. Well, I, I like how Todd just veered us away. He he does that all the time, but it's good though. I like that. Well, oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not the big connoisseur of comics, but I'm I'm trying to stay in the kind of the same ballpark, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but if you've got topics and stuff that you you might want to bring to the table, uh, just message me, and we'll just we have a we have a a task board for stuff to talk about in case we have nothing to talk about. If you've got stuff, just put me a message, and we'll add it to the board and. And then uh, maybe next time we talk about something that you bring up. Oh, well, sure. I'm happy with this myself, but yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah. But if there's something that's just like driving that you got to really talk about, like send it to me and we'll put it on the board and say, keep for Jared. Like power pack. Yeah. Yeah. We got, yeah. I want to, uh, I, I still want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about Captain Britain and Union Jack and Excalibur sure. and that sort of stuff. So. <laughs> if Todd wants to sit through a boring monologue, <laughs> or not a monologue, what do you call it? Two percent. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, anyway. So we'll, we'll cap it off there. Thanks again, uh, Jared. Who are you? What's your store? Where, where can we find you? I own a comic book store. It's Comic Factory Four, three hundred six Notre Dame Avenue, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. That's kind of what they do i guess yeah there you go and uh, you can find us at sean geek podcast everywhere on all social media uh you can find our podcast also at sean which is now the only place to get the podcast or see the podcast direct which is awesome and uh yeah. that's it that's sean mcginnity.ca that's S-E-A-N-M-C-G-I-N-I-T-Y. That's why you're here. <laughs> that's, that's why, why I'm he's here. here. <laughs> he puts on the sexy voice and that's what people actually pay attention. These, uh... <laughs> nice. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, yeah, and we'll, uh, I don't know, maybe we should try, I don't know, once a month or once every two months and, and, and do something again. I'm down. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All righty. See you guys later. All right. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye.